Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople, today it's my great pleasure to welcome Nicholas Vandenberg to the show. Welcome, Nicholas. Thanks. We're happy to be here. Nicholas is the CEO of Chili Piper, which is uh, one of our favorite partners. We use them for a variety of things, for routing leads, for example, but they are expanding to be much more than that. They think of themselves as a revenue acceleration platform that helps with calendaring, inbox, and uh, various workflow automation. As usual, we won't be talking about companies here. Instead, we're going to really be talking about why some salespeople are more successful than others in converting customers. Before we do that, Nicholas, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests so I can find new reading material. Uh, What's your favorite sales book of all time and maybe key takeaways that you got from the book? I don't know if it's a favorite of all time, but for sure these days I'm very focused on a particular book uh, by uh, Chris Voss, uh, Never Split the Difference. I know it's been in the news a lot. It's an ex-FBI negotiator who wrote a book that tackles negotiation, but also very applicable to sales. One is his focus on uh, discovery. So I think negotiation is not uh, forcing people. It's a discovery process. And to do this discovery well, you have to have tactical empathy. That's what he calls it. And something we're going to talk about later, because it's actually um, other people refer to that as mentalizing, which is this particular ability for some human beings to to understand what motivates others. And he gives a lot of good tips on, on uh, how to do that. So that was one of the great takeaways. And the other one that's uh, really strong in that book is this counterintuitive uh, suggestion to aim for a no. Chris explained that people say there's no much more readily than yes. And we salespeople always try to get a yes, right? And say, are you going to buy? Are you ready? Just structure it as a no, and you'll have much more success. So, for example, in the case of a sales engagement, you'd say, uh, have you given up on that project? Right. And people say, no, no, I haven't given up. And he recommends to send out an email because people will reply to that email. They're much more uh, inclined to reply and say no. Yeah, those are great. It's on that last one. I'm a big fan of Sandler training, which I've mentioned in the past, and they've got that concept of negative reverse selling. And by putting the prospect in the position that they kind of have to defend themselves and avoid loss, then I think those are killer. The other one I love from that book is if somebody makes an unreasonable demand to turn it back around and ask the question, how am I supposed to do that? Uh, yeah, I love that one, yes. So let's transition into the kind of main topic. And I always ask guests what they want to talk about. And you know, we started to, before that to have a little bit of a conversation around what, what matters. So what have you observed uh, about what matters for salespeople who are more successful versus those who are average or less successful? Yes, and let me tell you uh, first a uh, story so I came to the U.S. in the mid-90s, a while back, and at the time, I just wanted to travel the world. And I was presented to um, Steve Jobs, and that's what changed my mind and think I'm going to stay in the Bay Area and create a company, and I want to be uh, like this guy when I grew up. He didn't come across as a very nice guy. He was super inspiring, but not a very nice guy. And a lot of people refer to Steve Jobs as the best salesperson in the world. And an equal number of people will say that empathy is what matters in salespeople. So they've got to be extrovert and, and, and have a lot of empathy. There was this dissonance between the fact that top salespeople have empathy and Steve Jobs is the best salesperson in the world. Move forward um, something like 25 years, and I came across a paper that say we've discovered a new way to think of empathy. There's actually two different things. There's empathy and there's mentalizing. 
Empathy is somewhat similar to contagion, where you see somebody sad, you become sad. You see somebody happy, you become happy. Whereas mentalizing is the ability to understand the other person's emotion and understand where that's going to drive them. So understand what motivates other people's behavior. So that was a bit of a aha moment where I thought that's what it is. It's it's two different things. The uh, ability to understand what motivates people is what Steve Jobs for sure uh, possessed. I drew myself a little two by two of high and low on mentalizing capability and high and low on empathy capability as you define them with empathy being more that sort of contagion of emotion and mentalizing being that understanding where people's emotions are and, and what motivates them. The corners are kind of obvious, right? Is like if someone's high in both, that's great. And if someone is low in both, that's terrible, right? No, right. no question there. I'm, I'm wondering for you, if you had to choose between a salesperson who was high in mentalizing, but low in empathy and vice versa, how would you think about those two candidates? Without a doubt, I, I would go for the high mentalizing. I think the mentalizing is that secret talent that salespeople have that had not been identified until now. So there is this archetype of a salesperson being an extrovert, funny and socially gifted and so on. And when you look at the data, it doesn't correlate. I'm sure in your team, you have a lot of top salespeople who are very introvert. Some of them are shy. Some of them don't like going out. So you have to think that something else. And empathy tends to be related to these social skills, right? The people who are more keen on showing their emotions and sharing their emotions. When you look at that, that doesn't seem to correlate with success. There are super successful people who are not even friendly, and yet they manage to push deal through. So obviously, it's this other piece that helps them, and that other piece is the ability to understand what motivates people and what it's going to take to get that person through the crossing line. This is actually now a very important focus of ours at Tilly Piper. We're looking for people who have this ability to understand what motivates the other, and we work on developing that skill. When you're selecting talent, how do you actually test for their mentalizing ability? We use uh, number three in your book, <laughs> which is uh, role play. And in the role play, we pay particular attention to uh, how the candidate tries to read what could motivate me. So this ability to read and act on what motivates the other party. Going deep on, on salespeople with these skills or, or not having these skills, uh, I want you to think of someone you bought from recently where you bought a B2B platform, product, service, whatever it happened to be, where you thought the salesperson was particularly good at their job. Was there a good example, a recent example of that for you? I mean, obviously, I would not buy something that makes no sense for the company, but we have bought products where we could have done it later. I could have waited. And the salesperson uh, played well on, on uh, creating a sense of urgency, creating a sense of timing, uh, framing it so that they decide to go ahead with the trigger and not wait. Those people who can mentalize and get this sense of what motivates people, and then that they're able to close deal uh, in shorter sales cycle. What would you expect a mentalizer to figure out about you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, let me give an example. This discussion we have about how to assess salespeople. So I have this interest in uh, using some pre-existing tests. So for me, I wonder if it makes sense to do it now or to do it later, right? I know that eventually it's likely they would add value to our recruiting process to have standardized tests. So to your question is, how can you motivate me? I don't have a straight answer to, this is my hot button, press here, and you'll get the, the sales from me. I, I, I do have a, an understanding of... of uh, 
what it is that needs to happen, right? They need to prioritize this particular project over the other projects. Yeah, I mean, whether whether you actively realize it, as you were saying that or not, there was, um, everyone knows the Challenger sale. The one that people don't know as much about is the follow-on book, The Challenger Customer, which I'd actually argue is a better the better of the two books. But one of the things that was in The Challenger Customer was that buyers are looking for an effortlessness in general, right? Effortless purchasing process, effortless implementation, effortless ROI. They're just looking for low effort on their part. And, and you kind of got hinted at that, right? Which is you have a lot of priorities. And and if someone brings something to you, yes, it creates ROI, but how much effort is it going to take on your part to do all those things, to buy, to implement, and to ensure success? That's exactly right. And that's why we uh, train our salespeople on simplicity. It's actually something difficult, but you want to make sure that things appear simple because if they appear as complicated, then it's likely that the buyer will think, okay, that's complicated. It's going to take me a long time. Um, it is too much of an obstacle. So you want things to feel simple. And the, the feeling of simplicity is both, of course, the product, but also the uh, body language of the salesperson, right? If the salesperson is, appears nervous and going to long sentences, then it's going to communicate complexity. So you want the body language to communicate simplicity. Another book that I, we love uh, here at Chili Pepper is um, The Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belfort. Have you read that book, uh, Jerry? I have. And funny enough, so I, I'm, besides my sales loft stuff, I maintain a blog called Selling Sherpa. I put book summaries there. That's pretty much all I put there. And the number one most viewed book summary is The Way of the Wolf, which fascinates me because you know the B2B sales community, you know, a lot of the world has particular emotions towards Jordan Belfort. And yet it's like their secret pleasure to read the summary of the book. That is actually a really, really good book. It is. It's outstanding. The book is really good. And there's a basic principle, which is um, that sales is about achieving certainty. And you call it the straight line. You want to keep people on a straight line, not let them uh, get distracted and achieve certainty that they want to buy from you. That's simple, but it's very powerful. Yeah, there were three concepts in there of like what you need to do emotionally with your prospects. Trust your product to fulfill their needs at a cost-benefit ratio that is unequivocally a great deal, right? Which makes sense. You need the ROI. Trust and connect with you as an expert in your field who puts your customers' needs first. I mean, it's a more core trust, which is you're not going to take advantage of me. And then trust and connect with your company. Uh, I'm curious on that third one. I mean, uh, the trust and connect with your company is they think your company has the right mission or that your people you know, share their values. H have you found that that's an important part of the sales process? By design, we went after visible logos. And once we had these logos, actually, I remember calling on Kyle at SalesLoft. I wanted SalesLoft to be a Chili Piper customer. So um, that matters a lot, yes. The, the logos we can show and say, look, we work with Intuit, we work with HP, we work with Airbnb. Uh, you can trust the company. It's something that does come up a lot. And the other thing that Jordan Belfort uh, that I really like in his book is, um, so it's all great to say you need to achieve trust, but the question is how? And he puts a lot of emphasis on um, tonality, tone of voice, and how you communicate, which makes a lot of sense to me because I think you can list all the customers in your world, but if your tonality doesn't come across as enthusiastic and confident, then uh, you will not be able to build that trust. One thing I wanted to just end with is you mentioned that, yes, some people come in with either inherent mentalizing ability or you know developed strong mentalizing ability over time, but that you actually invest in improving the mentalizing ability of your team, what are some of the best ways that people can improve their mentalizing ability? 
looking at calls and going through the key moments of uh, these calls. So uh, the time when uh, there was something important to the prospect that uh, was important to uh, pay attention to. Then later in the call, the way where you can actually bring up that uh, aspect, we use it. We didn't invent that, but we use um, a tool called the T-table where on the left, you during the discovery, you write down the things that are important to the prospect. And on the right, as you run your demo, you make sure that you show the key aspect or discuss the key aspect that addresses this concern. Discovery on the left of the T-table and on the right, you make sure that you check the boxes. In that mentalizing thing, it um, adds a, a more of a emotional dimension to this T-table where it's not only uh, I'm interested in seeing how you uh, integrate with HubSpot. It's, it's more of a, I have this problem that I have a lot of disqualified leads. Uh, we waste time with them and they say, okay, that's a problem I need to address. And later in the demo, you'll address that problem. That is obviously, there's a lot of emotion behind that problem and I'm going to address it. So that's what we found as the best way to, just like a, when we're discussing how to assess for this trade, I said role play is the best place because you can see how people uh, act. To improve it, we use recordings and core reviews. Yeah, I agree. So much of it is that situational awareness and maybe even for someone to call out, hey, check out how their body language changed at that particular moment. I think that as salespeople become more proficient in where they work, right, then the capacity that they have to focus on the other increases, right? So when you first start out, you're still shaky about features, functionality, value propositions, qualification questions, whatever, right? But once that stuff becomes second nature to you, I think it increases your capacity to understand others. You're right. If you feel nervous, it's going to uh, negatively impact your ability to read the prospect. Once you get that conquered and you feel comfortable, then you should focus on reading the prospect. Like, for example, one of the tools we do is we ask our prospect to share their screen. Show us how what you do when the lead comes in. And what you'll find is that you'll see Nine times out of ten, there will be a moment of embarrassment. And it's amazing how you can read it on screen, uh, that uh, um, embarrassment. And that's the, the thing. Say, okay, well, at that time when they're embarrassed, that's what you're going to want to address later in the demo. You're going to show them the solution that's going to remove that step that makes them so embarrassed. It's, it's actually amazing how much you can read uh, the emotion in, in this video recording. Totally agree. I think, well, that's a, a really perfect way to, to end on how to learn to be a better mentalizer. Nicholas, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to learn more about Chili Piper or get in touch with you, what are the best ways to do that? Come to our website so you can book a demo with us and uh, we'll be delighted to talk to you at chilipiper.com. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. Peter Lepinto is our editor. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.